Hey, we're live. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> what is up, everyone? Welcome to another episode of Hear Me Out, though. I am your host, Gepi. I am sitting here with a few special people. My co-host, of course, Sobs, and a very special guest. Please introduce yourself. Thank you very much, firstly, for having me. There, my dog goes off. But anyways, <laughs> my name is Palessa Mercedes Recalde, and I am a third culture kid. Hey, <laughs> perfect. So, In, what do you do? How would you phrase it? So, that what do you do is a very hard question, what? to be honest. Like, I always say, professionally, I'm a fashion designer. That's what I went to school for. That's what I think... I started my career in mm-hmm. um, the fashion industry, working in LA, interning in LA, studying in LA, and then moving back home uh, to Lesotho. But having said that, as we know, life doesn't always go as planned. So mm-hmm. my career and my business ventures uh, took a turn into so many different other avenues. Sure. Mainly, let me say, Especially when Corona hit, um, I had to rethink my career and how it was going and everything like that because obviously fashion and events and stuff like that weren't happening at the time. Mm. You know, social distancing, lockdowns and everything. So that's where some of these other projects and yeah paths came into, into my, my life. For sure. I think one thing that we talk about all the time is that coming home to Lesotho, you have to adapt a whole lot. So whereas you are coming in as a designer and you have so much exposure to particularly a place like the the States, LA, where there's so many opportunities, Mm -hmm. like coming back here, you have to adapt so quickly. And that's how I guess you go from being one thing to a whole bunch of other things just to kind of make ends meet. And I think just on that topic of being adaptable and adjusting comes in your brand which is third culture kid yes so can you walk us through what is a third culture kid okay so as i stated earlier i am a third culture kid that's um i guess in a sense one of my titles Mm. Um, so what a third culture kid, what the definition is, it's somebody who grew up outside of their parents' home cultures or home countries. Okay. So having said that, my mom's Musutu, my dad's Ecuadorian, and we grew up moving around a lot. Mm. Because of that, both me and my older brother, our how can I say we've we created our own culture from all the various cultures that we lived in countries that we lived in and also including our parents because we would always go to visit either here in Lesotho or in Ecuador so born and raised I guess in Italy then moved to New York then after that uh, Mali in West Africa then we had three years here at home in Lesotho then Zambia after that yeah it's a lot of cultures yeah there's a lot of traveling and like what was it like experiencing all of those different cultures and what was the process like and kind of getting to a point where you realized you have to be comfortable with 
the movement of you know maybe your dad's job and and how you guys always had to move around after after you kind of settle in mm. and adapt to the culture almost in the environment that you're in you have to now also mm. kind of subconsciously prepare yourself to move again mm. what was that like i mean i think you know some of the stories that obviously we hear from our parents of like you know being young crying now that we have to move i remember there was a time i think it was either we were leaving italy or we were leaving new york where my brother and i we were just like we're gonna unlock ourselves in the bathroom mm-hmm. and we're not coming out and mm-hmm. you can't take us even yeah. if you want to yeah. you know um so obviously being young kids not really understanding why and also like my brother wanting my dad to change careers because he's like why do we always have to move why do we always have to leave our friends um But then from there, I think after maybe those two moves of um, Italy, New York, New York, then Mali, by Mali, it had become, yeah, (laughs) genuinely numb, genuinely, genuinely. Also because, okay, you go to internet or we went to international schools and most of the kids had similar lives. Mm. So you would then kind of be like, okay, well, I guess this is normal for all of us. We're not alone in this. Yeah, so it was just kind of like, okay, this is how our life goes. Every three years, you move. (laughs) That's crazy because when we think about, like, for me personally, having grown up, been raised in Lesotho, right, we're so rooted in kind of place and country and that identity that gets formed there. It must be very challenging to kind of like create or understand your own identity with with your place always moving and having to like readjust and making friends and then losing friends and then making new friends like like army brats in the states Mm -hmm. like how challenging really was that for you to do honestly this is a conversation that i had with my brother a few maybe like a week or two ago Mm. because he was just saying like how now you know 2018 i moved back home and i've been here pretty much since even though i was supposed to move to sa like before corona and everything like that but it's still you know this is still home right and he's like you know i he was just saying i don't know how you do it meaning me Mm. because he was like as much as i love lesuto lesuto's home I still feel so distant and detached from the place, even mm. when I'm here, mm. because of the way people treat me, look at me. Obviously, looking as a foreigner, obviously, you can't really speak the language as well. So, and this is in both of our home countries. Mm. Here, we're white and more privileged, obviously. And mm. in Ecuador, we're seen as black yeah. and less privileged. Yeah. Right. Um, so I don't even know like to this day like you just create as you go I think who you are and whatever life brings to you you create your own like I'm saying persona culture characteristics whatever the case may be because none of them really fit fit into who you are I can't say that I am Musutu period because it, it it it's, wouldn't it's make sense, yeah. it, and it's not true yeah. exactly. Yeah. So yeah. It, also, you can't claim Ecuador. Also, you can't claim New York. You can't claim Italy. You can't claim Mali. You can't claim no. You can't claim Zambia. I'm just a person of the world. Yeah, period. yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. 
That's That's insane. So my thing is, what is the culture that you have created for yourself? What are the staple kind of things that go with you regardless of location and where you live in the world? Like, what does Um, that look like? I think actually those... um, Some of those things I mainly got from my parents. Because even though, obviously, they're already adults, you know, living the same type of life. Sure. Um, they still had to make the same adjustments. Um, and for them, it was more always the fact of, yes, we're moving around a lot. Yes, we're in different places. Um, but let's keep, um, you know, a a tight knit family. First of all, Mm. our relationship as like the, our nuclear family, we're very close to each other. Um, we try and tell each other everything, even those um, uncomfortable conversations of like, yeah, I don't feel at home when I'm in Lesotho or I don't feel at home when I'm in Ecuador. You know, it's conversations like that, um, definitely. And then apart from that, for me, my my family were always very much into uh, learning the food of the place that we're currently living in or even just uh, vacationing in let's say um the food is one big thing yes touristy um you know places and stuff like that yes but i think mainly we all get very excited about the food Mm -hmm. in the particular country that we're in Mm -hmm. so that's one of the big things that i would say uh, um kind of kept us also together obviously having a meal together as a family and being like okay i kind of like this food um i'm not so keen about this taste or whatever the case may be um what else yeah i i think honestly in terms of the cultural aspects of um having lived in all these various places i just took what i liked from them and i think it's the same thing with me in, um, I guess, religion and spirituality. I don't take everything from one particular religion or one particular sure. spiritual practice. Yeah. I see what works for me and I'll take it in. So obviously what worked for me is not the same as what worked for my brother. So it really just depends on who you are and what you're comfortable with at the end of the day. Yeah. yeah. What, was, what, was the, what was the process like uh, in terms of having to adjust almost your your racial identity like mm. with different locations and sometimes especially with Lesotho and Ecuador it became a bit more racial and cultural at the same time so what was that process like and and what it did what did it feel like and also like kind of what kind of examples would you would you make that you know kind of made you feel uncomfortable or made mm. you feel um unwelcome and mm. and what what that that is like for you because I think it's insane to think that today you're white and tomorrow you're black mm. depending on the, the kind of the, the, the place, the place yeah. that you're in and yeah. yeah the treatment obviously changes mm. depending on which race you are and the location you're in you know growing up to be very honest with you it made me extremely uncomfortable okay not just being you know a child growing up let's say but then for example being back home here for those three years, even though um, Musutu, I haven't lived here, I don't know the language, I'm mixed race, so I don't look like everybody else. And 
especially in Africa, there's already a problem with colorism. So there's that thing of oh, light skinned is better and darker skinned is not as good type thing. So even that um, spotlight on you where you don't even want to be in the spotlight, it already makes you so uncomfortable. Mm. And then on top of that, as most females do, if you're not comfortable with yourself, who you are, your body, your looks, um, you're already insecure and now people are putting more spotlight on you for whatever the colorism thing or because you're whatever, different mm. in some way. It made me a very, very insecure person at a, t mm -hmm. at a time, definitely. Definitely. I was always trying to make myself kind of look smaller, you know, look like everybody else. Like if everybody else is wearing converse and jeans, let me wear converse and jeans so that I don't try and stand out. Like let me try and put on a hoodie so that I don't stand out too much. Mm. I'm, I'm already standing out by just the way I look, which I can't hide, but let me try and kind of diminish mm. myself. So mm. that's definitely how I felt when I was younger. Now at 26 27 years old um which one is it girl <laughs> <laughs> it's 27 this year okay okay <laughs> yeah yeah at at this point now would you say you're over it would you say like you're completely over it and if no. so how do you get over that because that's such a it sounds very big complex, it's complex. you know what i mean mm. like it's so complex and it's so layered and so ingrained almost in mm. your identity how do you even begin to start dealing with that and then breaking away from those things which you can't almost you know mm. what i mean also like the it's supposed to be something that's positive but it has a negative effect on the person that is being projected on mm, almost like yeah. that's mm. even worse because it it kind of kind of creates a triple negative effect. Yeah. Even though the projection is supposed to be positive mm. to the person. Yeah, because I mean, we think, you know, and I'm sorry because no. you hate this term, but no maybe worries. we should educate people. Yeah. But Lesotho, we call mixed race people coloreds, right? Yeah. And that was something that I recently learned is very offensive to mm. you because you're biracial, right? Mm. Um, but when we think of biracial people, we go, oh, you know what I mean? Like everybody because, yeah, like looks yeah, at yeah. you in a particular way, also, which is like everybody wants better. To, wants mm. to have the, you know the what hair I mean? that you have. It's the hair, it's the oh whatever. Like God. I wouldn't necessarily think that's something that would be negative to you. You that know what I mean? That we would admire culture. Yeah, like we admire it and we don't really think that this might have a negative oh impact God. on your psyche. Like that's yeah. crazy. That's insane. Yeah. That's right? insane. Right? I've never thought about that. That's insane. I think also it definitely does depend on who you are as a person mm. because I know that my brother did feel the same way, but maybe in a different way because he's a male mm. as well. Mm. But for me, just the person that I am, and I know also my parents were kind of like this when they were younger. They weren't very, let me say, outgoing people when they were younger. Right. They were shyer. Right. So I think in my case, already I was a shy person. Mm. Now, yes, again, that spotlight that's supposed to be positive, it it didn't sit right with me in mm. any type of way because I wasn't comfortable with who I was then or what, genuinely what I am. Mm. I really mm. didn't understand what I am. Wow. Like, yes, you know you're from two places and whatever, whatever, but... Yo, dude. Eey. 
Yo, yeah. this is crazy. Yeah. You guys are making me dive deep, ne? You're yeah. just uh, unpacking. It's important. It I is. think it's it important because is. we like like we're saying we mm. never really think about it like that. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Like mm. we were used to maybe colored people from South Africa or like people who are foreigners, but we never actually think about mm. the people that are from here and from another place and how that affects them like i have biracial cousins right Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and i think that like it's different for them because my cousin also also she is like i would say culturally black like she speaks satana because her her mom used to work in um mabato so she's okay she's Tswana basically she's actually actually she's a third she's also i would argue borderline a third a kind of third culture kid because she course, yeah. the mom is Mosotu, born and raised in South Africa. Yeah. And born of a of a white dad. That's definitely so still she, third yeah. culture. She, yeah. So she speaks she's cultured as a Motswana. Yeah. But culturally Outside or of, she's a, yeah. traditionally she's a Mosotu she's a Mosotu and, and English, I think. Yeah. I think her dad English is yeah, he's English. Okay. Yeah. So I mean for her, she ex- like clearly culturally is Dwana, mm. but her brothers white <laughs> which see, is weird it really depends which is on weird. like the middle brother person. is more like white mm. the older brother the eldest brother is like he does speak Dwana. like i don't know he's it's very interesting you yeah know? but I, i've never really i don't think she kind of had the same experience as you mm. maybe because she is a very like outgoing person and mm. very extroverted so i don't think maybe she had the same kind of problems yeah. Yeah. but i literally was on on a call with her yesterday and like i only now started to understand like she does have certain insecurities she does feel like neglected she feels yeah. like very alone and isolated yeah. and i don't think people understand that i don't think we consider that we just think cute hair whatever yeah. you know what i yeah. mean like yeah it's so superficial how we think about something that is so deep mm-hmm. to you like uh you asked me earlier you know if uh, i've gotten over it if it's completely gone and I wouldn't say that. Mm. I mean, I'm definitely much more comfortable in my own skin now. I feel like I know who I am. Obviously, there'll always be those moments where usually an outsider makes you kind of doubt your belonging. Like, oh, Mm. do I belong here in Lesotho actually? Like, am I Musutu actually? Mm. Or do I belong in Ecuador? You know, that type of thing. But... Because of how life works for all of us, we live and we learn, right? Mm. So I think I've had enough experiences in my life by now that I'm just like, okay, I am Palessa Mercedes Recalde. This is who I am. I stand for it. Um, Even if I'm not necessarily, like, even within my own country, I'm not necessarily, I guess, welcomed as one of their own. But... I'm okay. Like I'm, I'm, I'm happy with who I am. I'll proudly say that I'm Musutu. I'll proudly also say that I don't speak Susutu because mm. of how I was raised. My mm. mother didn't uh, uh, teach us Susutu or speak to us in Susutu. We were learning two languages at a young age, which is English and Italian. So sometimes when people ask me also some of these questions, like, oh, but like, why don't you speak Susutu? I'm like, you know, I don't want to feel offended or feel like, um, you know, you're coming for me type Mm, thing. But mm. I'm also going to say, you know what? I speak 
Italian, I speak French, I speak Spanish, Come and I on, speak English. Let them know. So I'm like, yes, I would love to know my mother's home language, and I'm not gonna say that I've been trying hard, but do you understand it? I understand yeah. it. Okay, I like mean, far enough, I understand right. it. Right, that's halfway there. Speaking is a is another issue. Sure. Yeah. Um, but I think even that um disconnect of not being able to speak the language once i do it'll help bring me closer mm, to sure. this culture definitely. for sure i think another thing is like going back to the to the issue and the lens that maybe we have as mm-hmm. opposed to your experiences mm-hmm. um for like i think even darker skinned people like that thing like it's 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 there like the 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 inferiority complex based on western yeah standards of beauty yeah that the continent or us as black folks specifically us on the continent suffer from is yeah. is insane people mm. that bleach their skin yeah, the and lightning creams like, the lightning yeah. creams and all those yeah. things that have been famous in a lot of areas mm. you know mm. and also when you grow up obviously you know, there's friends with that are like super light skin, and we used to call them bushi, which is like a, <laughs> a, a lebu, which is an yeah. Afrikaner person or a white a person. Bush, has yeah. No, not really. Okay. Yeah, it's called bushi, bushman, but the direct translation, like for instance, Stevie is not a bushman. Yeah. But we call him bushi. That's and, why they always call like yes. mixed race or colored guys bushy. Yeah, exactly. Most of them that I know are called bushy. Yeah, exactly. It's not bushy because they look like bushmen. Bushy because Bushili Wow. You know? yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah, wow. it's not like you can like it makes sense. You can't say Stevie G. You can't say Stevie a is Bushman. a Bushman. Descendant. How does he Plus, look like a Bushman? We don't refer to Mabuhu as Bushi. No, no, no. You understand? But, so I, I'm just saying okay. I don't know where it comes from. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. It really yeah. makes sense, but yeah, okay, yeah. cool. It has, it has that, for me, in my understanding, you know what I'm saying? Kapo, mm. uh, you know, there's there's two things. Lukwa, Kapo Bushi. Like, even the people that I play football with, there's yeah. a dude called, they still call him Lukwa today. I mean, he's also, I don't know if he's, no, he's actually Lukwa. We call him Lukwa because he's really light-skinned. But you wouldn't call a female Bushi, right? Never. So a light-skinned female is what? Lukwa? Mm, yes, when I, there's that thing. Even when a, a child is like small, yeah. girl or boy, yeah. ah, you gave birth to a white person. <laughs> you know like, what I'm saying? Like, like, that's yeah. always, those are the things that, like, and then people will be like, hey, you better protect her from the sun, <laughs> from the sun. because she's going to lose her whiteness. Yeah. That's literally what happens. That was all my brother the time. when he was born here. Yeah. Yeah. You understand what I'm saying? That's literally what happens all the time. So, what I've, like, I want like I wanted to go into that and think about like literally culturally that's what it is the mm. the, the structure or the science of it is we are conditioned mm. to see uh, dark, uh lighter skinned people to be better it's because better. It's, and lighter is better because it's closer to white mm. you understand mm. what I'm saying yeah. that's what it is yeah. yeah and then you have people that are darker that get discriminated against hey if 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 you're as dark as a as a Ghanaian or a West African or uh, a Kenyan, you are a That's like a super derogatory like term. To the, but you know what lekwekwekwe is? Lekwekwekwe literally means foreigner. But the context of it for us means really dark person. <laughs> you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. And in some, my I, sister used to get that a lot. My sister 
is, is dark super skin. dark. Yeah. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah. In South Africa, the, 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 the time that I learned that Lekwerekwere not only means, like, not only, for me, it always felt like it's a, a West African peasant. Yeah. Specifically Nigerian. Exactly. Specifically exactly. Nigerian. But when I got to South Africa, Zimbabweans were Makwerekwere. Congolese were Makwerekwere. They're all within Zambians the same were, category. I was Lekwerekwere. Oh, I was called Lekwerekwere. Yes, because I'm Musutu, <laughs> I'm, not, I'm a foreign. So I realized, oh, Lekwerekwere means foreigner. Generally in South Africa. And then for mm. us, it means black person mm. from from a foreign country. And you're, we can tell by your, you know, your accent that you're mm. not from Musutu. Then that term. So basically... You are Lekwerekwere. Exactly. I'm in South Africa. I'm Lekwerekwere. Yeah. A South African is in Mali. They are Lekwerekwere. So these derogatory terms, man. But like, you see, you're all being categorized in this one thing of Lekwerekwere. Yeah. Or however you say it. Yeah. And it's still a way of belonging to kind of one category of thing. Is that what you're saying? It's uh, What I was referring to is that it's the same thing as colored and mixed. Mm. We're all put into one category. And trust me, listen, when people in Stopom see a girl that is light-skinned, they'll be like, Nathan, your girlfriend is here. Mind you, it's not me. So we're all the same the person, <laughs> right? Yeah. We're all the same person, just as much as, you know, people can Chinese say. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. So we're all categorized under the same thing. Okay. I, I want to go left a little bit, right? Okay. And, and go back. We spoke about, or you spoke about, like we're having the, the culture conversation, right? And I want maybe for all of us to define what is culture? Because as you were trying, like, as I asked the question about what is the thing in your culture that you've kind of instilled for yourself, then I'm thinking to myself, but what is culture? Mm. You know what I'm saying? Mm. Like, what is it really? Is it a language? Sure, language is part of culture and maybe like food is part of culture, but broadly speaking, you know what I mean? There's this there's this huge gap almost in your identity, which you feel like you are not fitting into any particular thing. But it's like, is it really like is it as important as we think it is? Of course it is. It is, it is but what is okay. it that thing? Okay. Go ahead. Anyone start for like for me, culture or tradition or heritage those things for me are like things that an identity fall in, into the same box, right? So a culture is a set of principles, mm. a set of moral concepts and constructs, mm. a set of ritualistic things that a group of people identify with. Mm-hmm. It's a group of philosophies and ideologies that build the general disposition of a person in terms of how they approach, or in terms of how they approach um, their daily lives. Mm. So it is through the food, it is through the music, it is through the language, it is through the clothing or the fashion, it is through all these different things that come with that particular group and the way they identify. So I would say definitely 100% culture is super important. The way we talked about this a few days ago where you were talking about how we had to learn as Basotu the way we were cultured that the way we are cultured is not the way that anybody's cultured. Mm. We, we, are, we are almost cultured to be conditioned. Uh, condi- we are conditioned. Mm. Let's say cultured because kind of already when you say culture, you say conditioned. 
You're almost there. Understand okay. what I'm saying? Okay. You're you're cultured to be like we're hu- we're 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 humble people, and we have a lot of humility, and we have really high moral compasses or strong moral compasses. And then when you get to South Africa, you get exposed to different types of people. You're like, but this person is. This person is just focusing on themselves. And we were taught to like always put other people that are surrounding you before community. yourself. And yeah. a sense of community and your mm-hmm. perspective around the way you perceive the world is very different from how when you get to South Africa, like you're exposed to constant people. They're not ashamed to do certain things that you're like, but morally that thing is wrong. And they loud, bro. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah, like, you're like, yeah. you understand what I'm saying? We're not allowed. Or vendors, or debeles, or shonas, or all mm-hmm. these different kinds of people from, mm-hmm. from different cultures, right? But you learn that the way you were cultured is different from the way those people were cultured. It's not necessarily even, and also culture sometimes, is not necessarily in the things that you can touch. Sometimes yeah. culture is also intangible yeah. because yeah. it curates your whole spiritual disposition mm-hmm. and your approach to a lot of things. Mm-hmm. So you understand what I'm saying? So I think it's a combination of all those different and variable, uh, like and variable, different mm-hmm. things and variables that mm-hmm. you know kind of contribute to the general thing that you say. I am this type of person, and then later subconsciously you can say. It's because of one, two, three, four, and five that you identify okay. in your immediate immediate environment. So now, does it mean that culture is stagnant? No. Does it mean culture is 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 rigid and un, unprogressive or it doesn't evolve? No. And that's what maybe like the perception that we also have of culture that is yeah. wrong. Mm-hmm. That and the older generation most of the time think like that. Like exactly. culture is one thing and it mustn't change. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But then at our, in our generation, at our ages, we can't stick to the same things because yeah. the world is completely different. Yeah, that's true. What I was going to bring up, just based off of what you said, okay, here at home, I have two, I guess, examples, if I can remember them both. One here at home, it's um, the thing of always respecting your elders, mm-hmm. no matter what. Mm. And... I've had issues with that in the past, which is like, no matter what, no matter what, guys, obviously when I was younger, I was so frightened of speaking out like that because you're taught, no, you have to be respectful, whatever they say you do. But then I'm like, now I'm like, no, sir, you cannot just yell at me because for no reason, for no reason. Yeah. or because I didn't park where you wanted me to park. Mm. Now you're upset with me. Like, mm. I, I think a lot of times, like, older people use that as an excuse to be very abusive towards really children. Do. They really um, do. And, and that's what we were talking about a few days ago where I was saying to Sobs, when I went to, to SA and I met my Kosa friends, they were so outspoken. I was shocked. Like, like really? Like, you guys are, are ready to go just, just like yeah. that. You yeah. know what I mean? It doesn't matter who it is. Old person, young person, anyone mm-hmm. can get it. And I was like... This is where our parents and that older generation have done us a disservice yeah. because they have conditioned us to be so meek and mm. to be so timid, timid mm. that mm. it is easy to take advantage of us. Oh, yeah. Genuinely, it is. Yeah. So it I is. mean that that one is 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 something that we need to get rid of. Mm. Forget this hum like over humility. It's, is it's not too serving much. us. It's too yeah. much. It's not serving us. Also, another um, the other thing that I wanted to kind of touch on because of the way I was raised and like I had explained to you guys, okay, 
third culture kid bringing on my own uh, um, ideas of what culture is and forming them. And I've had instances here at home where I don't know if this is the line of culture or the line of tradition. I'm not very sure, but things that I wasn't aware of that maybe upset a friend. Like, for example, when somebody has passed away, has deceased in the house, you're supposed to, not in the house, but like outsiders are supposed to just come to the house whenever mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. show your condolences. Mm-hmm. So I was kind of aware of that, mm-hmm. but as a friend, I would like to always also ask like, hey, do you have time? I would like to come over right. and give my condolences because in my head I'm like I also went through something recently of the sort and I know it was overwhelming to have Mm. so many people in your house Mm. so in my mind I was like okay let me ask her when is the better time to come Mm. instead of when so many people are around and now she's running around and whatever the case may be yeah and that wasn't seen as something polite that actually Mm. kind of backfired Really? It was like, why didn't you just come? Why didn't you just offer your help? And I'm like, no, that was me offering my help. When can I come so that I can also help out? It's not like I'm necessarily a guest that I just wants to come. I was going to come and, you know, whatever, give tea, give cookies Mm. to the people surrounding. Mm. But it it wasn't like that. It sounded like you don't want, but you're just being nice. Yeah, maybe that was the I case. Don't even get that. You know so, what I think? I, you know. mind you, the person knows how I was raised and that I wasn't always raised here at home. Mm. So that even made me more confused. I was like, but you know that actually this is my culture, but it's also I not don't my really culture. Know. Yeah. And I don't know. Yeah. You could have also explained maybe to me that no, people just come to the house, just come through whenever. Mm. I, I don't. I, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm baffled by that. So sometimes those type of things, they get me in trouble with people. Mm. But I, I wouldn't even necessarily do anything different from mm. what you did. You understand? Mm. Because mm. when you when you're going through something, and especially if it's like a very close person in your family, it is overwhelming. I know yeah. I'm a person that gets easily overwhelmed. Mm. I don't like a lot of people in my space as it is. So I can imagine that I would be overwhelmed. And so I would... Ask. Yeah, I would want other people to be considerate of me and ask. You know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. I don't always, I won't have the energy to then be there up and entertaining you and also like retelling Very the story. True. I don't, I, I don't get it. That, that's Very just a. True. Mm, are you sure this was your friend? Like, what's <laughs> going think, on there? Wow. Well, mm-hmm. So culture is also your state of mind and your behaviors and your set of principle and what you accept as right and what is wrong. You know, and you know. Uh, our approach to how we need to also be careful how our kids get exposed to certain things that might derail or become their culture of now. It's a and culture, it changes, it, like you're saying, from generation to generation, exactly. it's going to change. What we were exposed to is different to what the generation is now, now is, is being exposed, exposed to. Which is also what you were saying about our parents and us. Yeah, yeah. So when that's where also you, you we need to go back to the concept of how do we protect and preserve culture? Mm. So that mm. we don't, so that we don't lose it. Yeah. How do you still identify yourself within your own culture without being too sucked in into a different culture? Yeah. Which is also what I feel like could have been also one of your major struggles of like, 
okay, I'm trying to belong to this place, mm. but within no time, I have to also leave this place type mm. of thing. Or you found yourself being unplugged from a particular place as you are adapting and assimilating into the culture of that particular area. We need to also be critical on how we engage content. It's definitely a rabbit hole, like you're saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the lines are mm. super thin, especially as a female that we want to be obviously, um, you know, liberal-minded, even liberated, um, you know, sexually, being comfortable with ourselves, being comfortable with our skins, our reproductive systems, all of that type of of stuff. But there is a line that I think our generation is, I would say, on that line. Are we on it? We're trampling on it. We're on that line, though, because anything younger than like let's say let's say okay let's say maybe 1990 (laughs) yo okay let's say 2000s let's say let's just say 2000s because i don't even want to make that 2000s i'm here for like i think my my what i think my generation Mm -hmm. is is 1985 to 1995 that's okay. me. Yes. I'm in 1990, right there in the middle. Okay. And I identify with, yeah, up to like my brother's age, who's what, 36 this year, and right up to like, let's say five years younger than me, maybe five, six. Anything younger than that is a little bit of like, they're just, we're just different. But you see what I mean? Yeah. Um, also because of uh, the same thing Sobs was saying, the exposure of things. Mm. We weren't exposed to the same things. Mm. We had Backstreet Boys and Spice Girls. We had no internet. Let's talk about it. Yeah, exactly. We saw life before the internet and exactly. the internet. And it's a completely different world. Exactly. Yeah, it's far. Yeah. But here's where I want to bring it back, right? Where Mercedes was talking about not being accepted, right? As someone who is part of this culture but maybe not fully and is not embraced necessarily fully by by people in either one of her home countries right there's also this thing we spoke about colorism and now we're getting closer and closer to what i want to get to which is sometimes even as a musoto we don't accept each other in that if i don't speak Sesotho in the same way that someone from the rural area speaks Sesotho, then there is that kind of separation within the culture. Do you get what I'm saying? Where you are perceived as less Mosoto mm. for it because you don't speak in that way. You and I have, Sobs and I had a, a thing where it's seemingly a very small thing, right? Where we were talking about Hodisa and whatever right? and it came up where it was like yeah but you you sob said to me but you wouldn't know anything about that because that's how that's not how you were raised type thing right so i can acknowledge that i'm a person who was raised in a particular amount of privilege um i didn't like i was raised okay let's call it in the burbs mm-hmm. right and I didn't have much exposure to anything outside of where I was raised yeah. okay. in, right? And so people would, like even from a young age, people would be like, oh, you've never, let's say, been in a taxi. I've been in many taxis since then. But like but yeah. at that yeah. time, it was like, oh, you've never been in a taxi. I'm like, but yeah, but 
you know, I can't help that. Mm-hmm. Or you've never been to a certain place. How do you not know where this particular place is? It's like, I had no reason to go there. Yeah. I'm a kid. Like, what do yeah. I know about that? And so there's this kind of thing where it's, you are less. You are seen as less than. And, and that's what I said to Sobs, like, you're not more Mosoto because you know certain things mm. that I don't know. Maybe you are, but the, you see, that's a, like a cultural thing, yeah. even within the culture, where it's like, it's not enough just that Mosoto born in Lesotho, Sesotho. Mm. You get what I mean? Mm. There's other, like, there's more criteria the yeah. more you get yeah. into yeah. it. Yeah. And my thing, and that's why I got to this what is culture and is it that important question is. It feels like it's almost never enough. Yeah. It's never enough to be something. There's always going to be people that say, no, but you're not that fully. Yeah. Because you don't have this. You don't tick this box. You don't have this criteria and that one. You don't match this and that. So ultimately, like I get you and and your struggle. I mean, I understand now because you've given it to us, but... I think in some ways we all have that struggle. Definitely. Definitely. And, and, and that's what I want maybe for you to know. Like, yeah. We're all kind of not accepted. Maybe not to the same degree. Of mm-hmm. course not, right? Mm-hmm. Not but at all, even. Not, not even close. Not even close. <laughs> not even close. We're not, and I don't but, think we even qualify. Yeah, right? it, it, it almost doesn't qualify. But oh. we, we, it's kind of interesting how we all kind of can relate to that struggle. Yeah. You know, no. and, and, and like... Sometimes we think we're alone and we're really not. Mm. You know what I mean? So, third culture, second culture, first culture. Hot time. Like, yeah. like no, what? No. no? Yeah. Did I go too far with no, it? No, you're going too far. Okay. You're going too okay. far. Let's, no let's hear way. what you're saying. So. A first culture kid and a second culture kid and a third culture kid have very different experiences. Of Please. Yeah. Like a Ghanaian born of a Nigerian mother is a different like of course I'm, I'm just trying to make the point that we all kind of have a str- we can relate to that struggle yeah. in one yes way i just didn't another. want to to be yeah, like but i mean it's obviously uh, hyperbole come on no i just yo yeah as a, first of all as a person who exaggerates <laughs> so much when you talk it's crazy how you can't take when another person does it are you exaggerating right yes now? No, i but... almost even said that like okay i'm going far but like the point i'm making is we can, can relate, relate on, on, on yeah yeah do um understand and i do agree with what kepi's saying not just on i guess this level of not being musutu enough but even let's say in um in ecuador the ecuadorians of darker skin which most of the time when we go there me and my brother they think that we're from there, which is the coast. They're from Esmeraldas. So there, obviously, you know, being a fisherman, knowing your seafoods, knowing your fish and all of that, that's part of their culture. But they're Ecuadorians, right? But then, obviously, now take it to my, my dad's family, which, yes, they kind of come from the, like, the mountains the outskirts let's say of the main city but now it's the past two three generations that have been in the city what do they know about (laughs) anything 
and they're mainly like white mm. white looking like my father looks actually european he doesn't look south american, american yeah. his brother the brother after him looks indian and then the third brother looks white again now this is a story that my dad always told me and my brother i think because not i think i know because of my uncle's skin color um he also used to have i guess some borderline racist issues within the family like even uh, okay, this is children's games, but still, you can see how it affects you psychologically. Yeah. When they used to play, you know, cowboys and Indians, who was the Indian? <laughs> <laughs> so racist. That's so racist. So you see what I'm saying? They, they were children at the time, really young kids. But it's now also conditioned like, oh, your brother's the Daco one. He must be the Indian. You see what I'm saying? <laughs> So, mind you, all of them, pure Ecuadorians, like, ain't no nothing, like, Mm. all of them from the same mom and dad, like, Mm. so what I was coming to say was that Mm. I agree with what you're saying, because everyone's going to experience some kind Mm. of prejudice. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Mm. Whether it's in their own country or whether it's not in their own country. Or even in their own family. Or in their own family. Yeah. Yeah. Man, that's, so that's it really the, just depends. It's different thresholds. I mean, I think, damn, wow. I remember that story and I was like, what? And then you Who's always the like, Indian? Yeah. <laughs> Obviously, which one is the Indian? Yeah, it's you. It's you. I think... They almost said, it's you, black <laughs> <laughs> Okay, let me just put this out there. In Mashaveng. Obviously, like I'm saying, coming back home, having that experience of, okay, we were children. I was what? How old were we at that time? Like 12? Yeah, yeah. 12, 11, 12, 13. Those were the years that I think I was here. And already, let's think about all of ourselves at that time. We are awkward, gangly, like, mm, mm, you know, mm, children yeah. with like, malnourished looking stomachs that's how i looked okay Okay. that's how i looked very skinny like i just kind of had like well not really a stomach but that was the biggest part of my body let me put it like that so already you're awkward yeah now like i'm saying whatever spotlight that's on you i felt like i needed to protect myself and that already i mean i already have an attitude period but now on top of that i felt like eh, i'm i feel uncomfortable you're making me uncomfortable i'm going to be aggressive towards you okay and that's how people kind of took me as and it's okay it was okay because that's what i was giving out honestly at the time to mainly the guys because I didn't feel comfortable when they would point out something about my looks or whatever the right. case may be. Right. Ah. Yeah, okay. So the story the story that Sobs wanted to come to was 
I think they were taking like a uh, role in um, drama class or something like that. Mm. So this is one of my first days there, the first drama class. Now uh, the teacher says uh, Mercedes. I'm like, oh, okay, you know, here. And then who was it? Was yeah, <laughs> some guy in our class. What is he? Oh, he says like, oh, Mercedes, like Benz, which was okay. Sure. Worst, yeah. worst on top of everything. My name is Mercedes. Right, that doesn't help the case at all. Yeah, at all. So obviously, Mercedes Benz was always the joke, but I wasn't here for it. I was over it. I don't even remember what I said to the kid, but I know after that, people were like, Ooh, "Yeah, you like, got your respect." Ooh. Yeah, yeah. That's when I got my respect, legit. In that, in that grade, that's when I got respect. I think that's cool because, like, you're saying you were quite shy and like had a lot of insecurity but maybe that is something that happens when we are insecure is that we project because i think i was also very insecure as a kid in high school and i was always the very aggressive one quick to cuss you out quick to like i was very very aggressive Mm. and and thinking back on it it must have been because of whatever insecurity that i was having but at least even that thing of you feeling like you had to minimize yourself it's not something that you necessarily had all of that time in high school because that would have been terrible. Yeah. I mean, I think internally, like, for example, even within that situation, after what I had said, because it came out very um, instinctually, I Mm -hmm. guess, Mm -hmm. after that and after I got the response from the rest of the class, the whole ooh thing, Mm -hmm. which wasn't what my intention was. I was just trying to defend myself and be like, you know, don't call me that. Yeah. I got so embarrassed. I got, Mm. I went back into my shell of Mm. being like, oh my God, don't say anything. Don't look at me. Like, don't. Right. So yes, I would have those moments where I would be able to be like, you know, stop it. Don't, don't, you know, don't make fun of me or don't whatever you are trying to do, you know? Or don't put me in the spotlight like that because that's the last thing that I wanted. Mm. But yeah, I would just have those in and out moments because honestly, it wasn't always that I was able to kind of defend myself like that. But at the times that I did, I was able to <laughs> be a little bit of <laughs> Clap aggressive. back. Yeah, Clap exactly. Back, game strong. Exactly. Okay. So how would you say, like just to conclude, how would you say you were able to get over or kind of work through some of the issues that you had particularly with the whole minimizing yourself or feeling uncomfortable in spaces like how did you get over that or how are you working through that Mm, to be honest a lot of those things followed me into adulthood Mm. and like I was saying the experiences that I had with friendships, with relationships that weren't necessarily positive experiences, those are the things that taught me and kind of got me out of certain habits that I had. Mm. Obviously, it's not like, like I had said previously, it's not like it's fully over the lessons learned and everything like that, but I try on a constant basis to be like, okay, Let's say, for example, if I'm not necessarily feeling um, comfortable in a social situation, you know, whatever your coping mechanism is, I guess, you know, Mm. take a couple breaths, go to the person that you think you could have a viable conversation with, Mm. start chatting with them about anything. 
Also, another thing that I would do is have a couple drinks in me to be able to loosen up and, <laughs> yeah. you know, be able yeah. to talk about whatever I can make a connection with.、Mm. Whether it's school, whether it's food, whether it's TV shows, like, it doesn't matter. And then on top of that, like, seeing how my parents are now,、mm. um, even though they work. Shy kids growing up. Like, my parents are very much outgoing and out there. You know, we would always have、um, invitations over at the house and stuff like that.、Mm. So, even that, like, my parents would definitely always force us to be in those、um, social settings. And as much as it made me uncomfortable and I really didn't like it at the time, it made me grow because I could even have conversations with adults、right. as a young kid. Right. I could hold that. So by the time I was in university, by the time I was out of university, I knew how to manage those t y p e of、uh, situations. Right. Although still learning, obviously, and learning what to say, what not to say, what to open up with, what not to open up with. Yeah, I don't know if I've, I've, I've fully explained myself. For sure.、Yeah. Last two questions. What? Triggers you the most right now,、okay. and where do you think you have been the most comfortable just existing? Okay, and trigger points for me at the moment, which is something that I want to work on two things, which I think go hand in hand, to be very honest.、Mm-hmm. I think some. Childhood trauma, like stemming a little bit from how I was raised, you know, having to kind of leave people that you love and kind of like those t y p e of things,、mm, like that,、mm. go into as an adult almost like having abandonment issues、mm. that you start to see yet again in your adult relationships,、mm. whether it's friendships or whether it's also, you know, romantic interests. Would you say you have like a lot of attachment issues with people? Because of that, or by attachment, what do you mean? Like unhealthy attachment to people, like wanting to hold on to relationships longer than、Ooh. is strictly necessary.、Ooh. Is that a thing? Ooh. Really? <laughs> Ooh. Okay, I've gotten better,、mm. definitely.、Mm. But I know from a young age, one, I was a people pleaser.、Mm. So. Having said that, you always want people to be happy, even if you're not happy. You know, wanting everybody around you to be okay, even if you're suffering or, you know, just working for everybody else and not working for yourself. Let me、right. put it like that.、Yeah. So, because of that, some of my, actually, most of my relationships were very much based on that, you know, making、um, my partner comfortable. But then on the other hand, I'm not happy.、Mm. I'm not where I'm supposed to be.、Mm. So, several, too many that I, would, I don't even want to share with,、uh, that really almost, I don't want to say destroyed because that's a big word, but、yeah. it really broke me down、yeah. because I didn't understand what I was doing wrong、mm. until obviously. More healthier things came into my life, and also just me myself reflecting inwards, being like, okay, what, what is truly the problem, sis?、Mm. 
Like there's obviously something wrong here because one, you keep attracting the same type of people. Two, usually the same type of things happen within your relationships, even friendships, to be very honest Mm. with you. So I was like, okay, this is not just the other person and you're not just the victim. Right. So, because that's another thing that I had a problem with victim mentality. Mm. And that's still something that I think I need to work on. So mm. there, there are several things to be very honest with you. But these are things that, okay, I've come to learn that there are issues. Now it's how I can tackle them. Right. More than anything. Okay. Yeah. Second question. Yes. Best place for you to be you. Uh-huh. Where you're most comfortable. So, if you would have asked me this, like, 2018, even 2019, mm. I would have said the States. Mm-hmm. And the reason why I say the States she is because... lit right now, though. Yeah, Woo! exactly. Exactly. The reason why I say the States is because it's a melting pot of people. Right. Everyone there is pretty much mixed. Right. So, you don't stand out. Mm. You're just every other person. Mm. Nobody really cares. Right. I liked that about the States. Mm. I liked that I blended in into the society. And even if you go to the States and you speak very little English or almost no English, it's still... Nobody cares. No, genuinely, nobody cares because right. everyone in the states is so focused on what they're doing, their lives, their own things. Whereas in other places, you're more like within the community, within everybody. That people know each other. People mm. will talk. Like if they see a new face, they will say, "Oh, I saw such and such a person. Have mm. you seen them before mm. in town?" And mm. then you can be like, "Yeah, I also have seen them recently. I wonder who this is." It's not that type of place. Place, yeah. So yeah, definitely the States is what I felt more comfortable with. Also, having gone to American international schools my whole life, I sound American. I feel like I kind of portrayed myself almost in a sense as American, Mm -hmm. even if it wasn't intentional. Mm. Even now here in Lesotho, people think I'm American. Mm. So yeah, I thought firmly those years that it was the states what do you think right now right now it's wherever i am nice wherever i am will be home will make me comfortable okay period yeah love to hear it because i mean how can what one are you gonna place, do yeah what are you gonna do at yeah this, how, can, how, how can one place be the most comfortable or the most it's wherever i am it's wherever my family is like mm. that's 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 it like i have obviously some of my favorite places that i've lived in zambia actually zambia's top really? on my list yeah why i liked the country i liked the people hmm. it was just a very happy place to live the people are happy like the society is happy that's what i saw at least when i right. was when i was uh living there all right. I mean, I was good. I had a final question, but we can wrap it up right here. Thank you so much, Mercedes. Thank you so much to Sobs and to you for listening and making it to the end. Please remember to like, subscribe, share, do all of that stuff. And from all of us here, we're out. <laughs>